Hi, this is Derek from Atlanta. Unlike Bob, I am a former law enforcement officer, but I still enjoy listening to a practical show by a practical guy. You're listening to the Handgun World Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Bob Main, and welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Episode 537. Uh, this week, I got a great interview coming up with uh, Glenn Tate. You're going to hear that very shortly. We got into some real good topics. Um, first, we talked about guns, and we talked about some common sense preparedness, which both of us love to do, and we've been doing for years and I really think you're going to enjoy it. So welcome to a practical show done by a practical guy and that is me. I believe strongly in my second amendment rights folks you know that uh, but I'm just an everyday guy I'm not ex-military or ex-law enforcement or I'm not an industry insider or gun writer or anything like that or not a fancy gunsmith just a regular dude that takes my second amendment rights very seriously, and I share my journey with you. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, let's go ahead and get started. This show is sponsored by Concealment Solutions, makers of fantastic holsters. If you need a new holster, please please do some business with Concealment Solutions. You won't regret it. ConcealmentSolutions.com, you get 10% off just for being a Handgun World listener, and that's your coupon code, Handgun World at concealmentsolutions.com. Great stuff, and I own many of their holsters. I would not recommend them if I have not used and endorsed their products. And they are the only sponsor that I have. So this show is mostly listener-supported, and uh, you're going to hear a little bit more about that later in the show. So please, uh, please figure out other ways. If you don't need a new holster right now, figure out other ways to support this show. I really could use it. And um, I think there's, let's see, there's one more thing I want to cover before I bring Glenn Tate on this episode. I'm trying to think of what it is. Oh, my YouTube channel. Please check out Handgun World on YouTube. I'll put a link in the show notes. I got some good videos up there and uh, recently... I uh, created some videos, which I'll be posting some new ones there real soon. My Patreon page, if you want to support this show, if you get some good benefit from it, uh, for as little as $3 a month, you can support me on Patreon. You do get a lot of good exclusive content that you can't find anywhere, not even on the Shooters Club, uh, just by becoming a Patreon member. And you can find that at handgunworld.com and at handgunworld.com in the show notes. Let's get right to it. Let's bring on Glenn Tate. Well, hey, everybody. My special guest uh, was on episode 500 uh, a year ago or whenever that was. But he's also been on this show many times. Welcome back, Glenn Tate. Thank you for having me. I, I remember when you called and said, hey, do you want to be on episode 500? And I thought, 
what an honor. And I also <laughs> remember years ago when we were talking on the phone, it's probably like 2015 or so, 2014, and you said, and you were so excited, you said, I can't believe it. There's been a million downloads. I may have the date wrong, but I remember that, and I was like, holy <laughs> smokes. And so the show has really grown, and if you've got this many episodes, that means you're doing something right because people like – to hear what you have to say and perhaps what your guests have to say. So congratulations. Longevity is not common in the podcast game. You know how it is. You see a lot of podcasts and, and they've had you know nine episodes and then it's too much work and they go away, but not you. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, and so welcome to episode 537. And um, I'm closing in on uh, five and a half million downloads. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, you know... It, I tell you what, I this was something I was I was destined at first to be one of those short-term podcasters. When I started this 11 uh, August of 2009, almost oh yeah, 11 and a half years ago when I started this, uh, I thought it was going to be, you know, 20 episodes and I wouldn't have very many listeners and then I would just kind of pack it in and stick to my survival show, mm-hmm. which was just getting off the ground. And I just couldn't believe it all the gun stuff uh, the gun podcast just blew right by and um i I remember that conversation with you and i had got i had achieved my one millionth download and i i just never thought that would be possible that's excellent congrats wow five and a half million jeez yeah well your show's doing well tell people about your show well, yeah, we have uh, my wife, I say we, my wife, Shelby Gallagher, who's also a prepper fiction author. Um, we have a podcast called Prepping 2.0, and it's prepping2-0.com. And as the name implies, it's that next level of prepping. And, you know, we, we're fond of saying Prepping 1.0 is having some beans and an AR-15, and everyone ought to have that. But the next level is things like community and communications and really good water treatment and other things. We get into some of the analysis of some of the threats that are out there. And that, of course, in this day and age, means political stuff. As we're fond of saying, if the biggest threat we faced in the preparedness community were were earthquakes, we'd have geologists on all the time, right? But exactly political, social, blah, 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 which, you know, I'm not going to talk about unless you specifically ask me to because this isn't a political show but so we talk about that so it's that next level that um fuller more comprehensive view of preparedness and it's taken off going gangbusters and yeah i we we don't have the downloads you do but that's okay and we're still humbled and thrilled with it um uh, i think we're probably coming up on a million maybe but um uh, it's been an absolute labor of love, and it's kind of cool mm-hmm. doing a podcast with your wife because we always have something to talk about. We always have a joint project. You know, we're always talking about guests and topics and segments and sound effects and producing and all of that. We have a producer that does it for us because we don't have the time or the talent to do the production. So it's really yeah. professionally produced. I know. Yeah, boy, you've you've told me what what a what a job it is to do the production. So it's been it's been an absolute blast. It's so much fun. We we love doing it. We usually record on Saturdays and we get up and we come running into the studio. We actually have a studio now with soundproofing and nice. computers and three sets of microphones for different applications. And it's become a really cool thing. And a lot of people seem to like it and we love it, as you know, because you've experienced this. 
there, a community develops when you host a podcast. Absolutely. And the community is just outstanding. So it's been another great experience. Another yeah. Great experience. And it's a great show. I've listened to several of your episodes. It's very well done. You guys really, you gel together. And so it's prepping2-o.com. That's right. And I'll put a link in the... 2-0, but I know what you mean. 2-0, I'm sorry. Prepping prepping 2-0.com. It'll be in the show notes, so if somebody wants to just click and go right there. Um, And I think you had me on episode 75 or something like that. Sure did. I have my episode sheet right here. You are correct. And that was a great (laughs) show. Got a lot of good feedback on that because while we do talk about things like politics and and water treatment and and night vision and stuff there's always a role to talk about guns because guns are awesome and let's talk a little bit about that so in this episode we're going to talk about some guns and then we're going to talk about some prepping communications that you're a big part of right you bet yeah okay so where would you like to start with guns well when we were offline you had some good stuff to talk about so you've been kind of getting into some semi-automatic 22s haven't you Yeah, exactly. With all the ammunition shortages, and I feel like I know some people in the industry, but I obviously don't because, you know, I'm not getting ammunition either, right? It's just terrible. We all know that. But I did have, still do have, quite a stock of 22 long rifle for a variety of reasons, like this very thing. Because I remember years ago, Sandy Hook, whenever that was, and Obama got elected, there have been two, at least two big ammo scares. And I distinctly remember driving around my my town back when I lived in Olympia, Washington. It's a pretty good-sized place. And I drove around all day on a Saturday, and there was no twenty two long rifle at uh, all. I remember that. And so I said, this is not going to happen again. This is not going to happen again. So when bricks of twenty two long rifle and, and um, federal 36-grain blue box 525 boxes seem to, seem to run in everything I own – I just started getting them at $15 a brick because I would not go through that again. And I don't know why I'm so strongly opinionated about that. I'm just not going to tolerate that. And uh, I'm a pretty <laughs> mellow guy, but I was like, um, no 22 ammo? That is not acceptable. That's right. So um, got quite a stockpile going. Of course, it's great in the in the prepping sense for, for barter and a bunch of other things, and it's really retained its value. So I have all this 22 long rifle, and I have uh, an M&P... Uh, 22. It's in, nice. You know, I think that's the actual model number of it, M&P. So it's like it an M&P 9 or 40 or something. I don't own any M&Ps other than that, but it's a great semi-automatic pistol, and it's threaded, and I have a, a Sparrow 22 caliber um, suppressor, which is fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, just unscrew the the covering, and the baffling is in there, and you can clean it because, of course, 22 is so dirty. And I've been shooting a whole lot of M&P 22, especially with that can that I love so much, and trying to keep my proficiency up. And I think that's a great answer for a lot of people. I, I think that it's and, – and I normally run Glock uh, 17s, but I'm not trying to duplicate the exact same big gun that I have with a 22, although – I'd love to get a Glock 44, but for some reason they're hard to find right now. I don't. I'm not sure why. Yeah, and, uh, they are. So, yeah, but I mean, just trigger time in general, and just being used to shooting, and of course, with 22, you're faking yourself out because there's no recoil to speak of, and but it's it's been great and it's fun, and we have a place to shoot nearby that nobody knows about, and some steel targets and awesome. 
just awesome. good times. So I, yeah, I, I recommend people out there do what they need to do and stay proficient with 22 because it's too easy. And I fell into this for a couple months, I have to admit. It was too easy to say, well, I can't shoot up my ammunition because it's effectively irreplaceable now. And that is true. It's correct. And things, it's effectively irreplaceable. But, um, you know, prepping is about adapting and, and shaking off normalcy bias and saying, okay, here are the facts that are in front of me. How am I going to get done what I need to get done with what I have on hand? And that's what I came up with. So, of course, I could shoot more. Of course, I could dry fire more. Uh, and I, I don't dry fire very much. Um, and, that's, and I don't either. It's more fun to go to the range and live fire. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I just think that 22 is, is a really good thing for – and everybody out there listening knows about 22, and they, they know it's a pretty good thing. I want folks, if you don't mind me sort of talking directly to them. Sure. Hey, just like – think harder and, and really drill down and make 22 work um, and get keep that proficiency up and I don't shoot nearly as much as I used to but then again and I'm not I'm not an, an amazing shooter by any means I'm kind of in the middle of the pack all the time um, but just a little bit of proficiency goes a long way and you don't need to shoot as much you've commented on this before and your guests have too the more you shoot the less you need to shoot well the, the fewer rounds you need to shoot every time so correct take it yeah. to that but keep the proficiency up and, and and as you said it's just fun i mean don't yeah. forget fun fun is a legitimate that's thing. the most important thing fun is the most important thing in my opinion um i've i've had crappy days at the range but still had a blast no pun intended um and uh, you know i made a big mistake about six months ago glenn i was uh, I was perusing some pawn shops. My wife was looking for some jewelry and stuff like that. And one shop we walked into had three Glock 44s and at $389. And you know what? My mistake is I did not walk out with one. Um, and I should have. I should have. Oh, man, I regret. I bet if I went back there, they're gone, 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 gone. Um, and I bet the guy probably can't get any more either. Exactly. What a bummer. What yeah, I should have done. However, I do have an Advantage Arms 22 conversion upper for my third generation Glock 19. Oh. And I shoot that a lot. And I got four mags. Um, and I shoot that. And it's great. Now, they're, it's ammo fussy. Um, it's ammo it's fussy. Are, yeah. But it's I, I have plenty of the ammo that it likes. Ah. But I your M and P twenty two, that's something that I think I may uh, may have to get. <laughs> I think most of them that I've seen, so this isn't scientific, this is just observational and anecdotal. Yeah. Actually all of them that I've ever seen, M and P twenty twos have a threaded barrel. Cool. So that's that's quite the quite the plus that's a plus now when we were offline talking about and getting ready for this show you also said you are becoming a fan of revolvers yes yes revolvers. tell us why and here's my reason i live in washington state and it's no secret for people who listen to prepping 2.0 that um that is going to be changing soon there's a red state in our future because i held out as long good, as I could good in washington state and now things are just off the charts. They're ridiculous. 
it's not a political show, so I won't tell everybody why, but all you got to do is say the word Seattle and everybody understands. Now, we live <laughs> way out in the country, far away from Seattle, but still. So my thought was I'm going to be in this state for a while until the relocation happens, and there are already bills advancing uh, in the state legislature. And I used to lobby for good causes, not yucky causes. And so I'm familiar with the process, and I can tell from how quickly these bills are going from one committee to the other that they're going to pass. I mean, mm-hmm. they've been given the green light by leadership. So it's a very real uh, situation. It's a real problem. So if semi-automatic um, guns, especially handguns, um, are, or pistols, I should say, are um, restricted in some way, I have to have a plan because what is prepping about? It's about adaptability and having a plan. Having so a plan, yep. I, uh, I've i rediscovered revolvers, and I have a Smith & Wesson 686 4-inch barrel. Of course, nice. 738. Uh, just a monster of a gun, and it, it's it's nice and heavy. And with those 38s, it's, it's like fun to shoot. Two. Yeah. Oh, it's a blast. And it's a big old gun, so I um, realized, well, if I'm going to carry this, <laughs> it's not going to be inside the waistband because that's like you know carrying a lawnmower inside the waistband. That's gonna, <laughs> oh, that's a good gonna, one. That's good. Not really work well. <laughs> so then I started branching out, and I may or may not have been watching an episode of Miami Vice at the time. So morning, <laughs> it may have happened. It may have and, happened. And that's one of the things I love about Shelby. She's like, "Ooh, Miami Vice is on. Let's watch it." I'm like, "Oh, you're the greatest woman ever." Anyway, so. I'm watching Miami Vice, and then I remembered that when I drive for long periods of time and I have an inside-the-waistband pistol, for (laughs) some unknown reason, my back really hurts when I'm done. And I thought about it, and I said, wait a minute, shoulder holsters would seem to Mm -hmm. solve that problem. So I have a, a Galco shoulder holster on order for my 686. Ooh, that's gonna be cool. That's going to be cool, but I have got uh, two Alien Gear holsters, one for a Glock 43X, which I love, and uh-huh. another for my all-time favorite pistol. It fits in my hand like like it was molded to my hand. The Glock 43X? Uh, CZ75B. Ooh, CZ75B. Yes, nice. Yeah, old school, and it's a big, full-size. I even call it a sidearm because it feels like a sidearm, right? Uh-huh. And... If you're going to carry a big, heavy thing like a CZ-75B, obviously, you know, inside the waistband's not going to work. And I have been experimenting. I had to get new clothes, by the way. You're going to laugh at me. I had to get five new, really nice Hawaiian shirts for summer wear that are nice and baggy. Hilo Hatties, by the way, real Hawaiian shirts made in Hawaii. And... Um, and no, I was not watching Magnum P.I. I know what you're thinking. That didn't happen. But um, so I got, and I guess a little bit bigger um, sweatshirts and things like that. And so you've always said if you're going to carry concealed, you have to be, you know, all in. And part of being right. all in, concealed carrying, is wardrobe differences. And so I listened to what you had to say and and got a bunch of those things. So in the summer, a Hawaiian shirt, and I can fit a CZ75B in there. And nobody can tell. And then in the winter, um, when it's obviously a lot cooler, um, I have other things I wear. Uh, right now I'm wearing what they call a drug rug, which is like a, a you know, it's a, a blankety thing, like like a, a Mexican blankety hoodie sweatshirt thing. Okay. And I can carry the 43X 
very very nicely in that and so since we're talking about guns and this is a gun show i have to tell you my love speaking of the glock 43x of shield arms 15 rounds. yes aren't they great aren't they great oh, i have I, goodness i have three of them i have three of them and i probably should get another couple more um by the way i got i got i got rewind here a little bit um you said you have summer clothes glenn there's no summer in the state of washington <laughs> come on well, um no, actually, <laughs> six weeks long right <laughs> because you came out here twice i know i know i know your summers are actually your summers are amazing they're amazing no bugs no snakes but they're only about six weeks long right yeah that is a problem <laughs> that is a problem so back to the back to the Shield Arms um, magazines. I love what that what those magazines do to a Glock 48. It makes that thing a Glock 19 equivalent, just a little bit thinner. I love those Shield Arms uh, S15 magazines. I love them. Yeah, and I of course put them through some pretty significant function testing. This is back when ammunition was a lot more available. And how did that go? Oh, very, very well. I was very happy. It was a brand new uh, 43X and brand new magazines, and you know how crunchy and tight they are when they're brand new. Mm -hmm. It ate everything, and I just started doing mag dumps. That's really the only time I do mag dumps is when I'm function testing magazines, and and well, I also do it with, of course, you know, defensive rounds. You want to make sure that they can go quickly, um, in, <laughs> which mm -hmm. of course means your money is going quickly. But hey, yeah. You know, right um bang a dollar fifty bang a dollar fifty bang <laughs> and when it's bang 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 bang, it's like there's 20 bucks there's 20 bucks <laughs> but it, yeah. they, they function flawlessly and i highly recommend them i just am i'm marveling it's like the thing about a bumblebee according to aeronautic engineers is not supposed to be able to fly because its wings are too small or whatever it is mm -hmm. i look at you know a Glock 10 round magazine and then I see a Shield Arms 15 round magazine that has the same exterior dimensions same size and I just wonder number one why didn't Glock do this but number two how did they do that and how can it possibly work flawlessly and it actually does and it actually does yeah yeah it, it you know why didn't Glock do that that's a whole two hour show probably <laughs> um but thanks for bringing all that up. So I, I, I'm intrigued that you're into revolvers because I think I need to do the same. I think I need to get a nice revolver like a 686 or something like that. Yeah, and I, I've had snub-nosed 38s before, and I'm not a huge fan. If, if I could find an LCR, I certainly would because those triggers are like magic space dust fourth dimension. Yeah unicorn things are amazing <laughs> and uh but of course there aren't any now um and snub noses yeah they're concealable and everything i just had you know i had a scandium frame smith and wesson and it was oh, no fun it was no fun to shoot and i kind of got out of snubbies um i have one now i'm acquiring one i found a rossi and uh mm -hmm. you know gonna go with it um it appears to pretty good i mean we'll see um and so a little bit of snub nose but i'm thinking more like the the more medium sized ones because <laughs> because with a shoulder holster yeah anything is possible it, how about a ruger sp 101 for that shoulder holster i would love that if anybody out there has one you know yeah contact 
Bob and yeah, and I'll put him in touch with you. Yeah, uh, that would be fantastic. I'm a big fan of SP 101s, of course, GP 101s or GP 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 100s. I think that's what they are, right? Yeah, yeah. And those are cool too. But you know, and I have a I have a great uh, Smith and Wesson uh, Model 64. They call it a kit gun. Went back when kit meant like camping gear, and it's this amazing 22 that I use revolver for new shooters. It's really, it's fairly heavy. I mean, it's about two thirds uh, as much as a uh, weight-wise, as much as the 686. But it's only shooting 22, so of course there's no recoil. Everybody loves that. Um, and then uh, new shooters in particular. Uh, and then I have a, a Smith and Wesson. You know, I don't even know what the model is. It's uh, the old, old cop guns that they used to issue with a three or four inch barrel. That's mm-hmm. it's fun that I got really inexpensively back in the day and so yeah shooting again with revolvers because i may only be able to carry revolvers i maybe i mean i gotta have a plan for it i mean this by no means means that i think it's a good idea to restrict any kind of gun but you know what i'm saying i know exactly what you're saying yeah yeah might as well be proficient in it and um i'll still always pick a semi-automatic and all things being equal it'll be a glock uh and that's still the go-to but for a variety of reasons it may may not be the go-to so hey glenn let me throw out another suggestion to you it's something that i made a decision to do three years ago um i picked up a, a nice lever action rifle and those might be a good idea, especially if you are in a part of the U.S. or even if you're listening to me from another country where people do listen to me from other countries, where, where you can't, you know, where, where semi-automatics, are, there, there's going to be uh, an attack on semi-automatic rifles. Uh, don't, don't discount the lever action. It's funny you mention that because we didn't talk about this. You're reading my mind. I my first two lever actions I got last week. By the way, I don't Ooh, think I good. buy this many guns all the time. <laughs> being, I have a problem of some kind. But for the exact same reason about the semi-automatic stuff, I got a uh, Winchester Model 73 in 357 38. So Ooh. that's my standardized, Ooh. you know, caliber now. Right, it goes with yeah. 686. Amazing, amazing, beautiful gun. It's one of the new manufactured ones, so it's made in Japan. Winchester 73. Yeah. How does it shoot? How do you like it? Well, I haven't shot it yet. I actually haven't um, acquired it. I, I oh, okay. purchased it, and it's still in the transfer process. Okay. Um, so I don't know, but it's got the side gate loading instead of the two. Yeah, like the Marlins do. Exactly. And so that, I think, will be pretty amazing. It's got the buckhorn sights, which I'm not a fan of, but guess what? I'm going to adapt. So how am I going to get proficient with this winchester model 73 well i got a henry 22 lever action ah. and it has the magazine uh, tubular magazine but whatever and so again with the 22 i can shoot up bricks and bricks oh. uh, of that through the lever action and get really good at it and then the 357 38 um uh lever action gun can be a truck gun it can be something that you can walk around with not that i walk around with guns very often but you know what i mean you can be seen with it i guess it's probably well you can be seen with it and i don't think it's a gun that the uh that the that the gun hating nut jobs are going to want to come after too easily yeah 
I think yeah. they're, you know, we, we all know what they're going to go after. And I don't think they're going to go after Winchester 38, 37 lever action rifles. Yeah, probably not. I don't know how many it holds. I should know this, but it's like seven or eight. So it's probably mm-hmm. going to be under some limit yeah. somewhere. Plus, I'll look it up. I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. Yeah. Well, we're, 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 you are a prepping maniac. I'm telling you, that's great. I I like to think so. I mean, it's become a, a way of life. It's become part of life, and it's something that Shelby and I do every day, all day long, and uh, we tell other people about it. So, yeah, it's a big part of our life. And so as that's a great segue into the next topic, but before we do that, you um, you wrote a few things, like about 10, about 10 books or so, for people who don't know. Tell them about that. Yeah, um, they came out in 2012. It was a 10-book series called 299 Days. If you want to learn about it, you can either go to prepping2-0.com or 299days.com. And these were books that no one was ever going to read. I never wrote them to be read. I just couldn't stop writing them. And and I cannot believe this. I'm a humble guy. What I'm going to say does not sound humble, but believe me, I'm humble. Tell us. The, the first publisher I sent them to gave me a 10-book deal which I later found out was pretty rare. And I think it's God is involved in that, obviously. I, I, I don't have the talent Amen. to do that. But the point is that I, my surprise that anyone would ever read them, it's so weird. It makes no sense. It's completely illogical for me to spend three years and write 4,000 pages. There hmm. were 10 drafts, right? This was a big project. And not really expect people to read them or expect them to be published. I just couldn't stop writing them. There were all these these ideas I had in my head. And um, some of the predictions I made um, have come true, mm-hmm. like a lot of them. And kind of the the picture I paint of what America would look like in the future. You were has, right on. You were spot on. Yeah, uh, I, I, I would say most of your predictions in those books, if they have not already come true, were headed that way. Yeah, I kind of have to say it. I hate saying it because I sound like a big blowhard, especially to people listening for the first time. And they're like, who's this Glenn guy? All he talks about is all the stuff he predicted. But yeah, it's undeniable. It A lot of it's kind of un, unfolding. And I didn't come up with anything amazing, anything crazy. I just looked at the rest of the world and how things fall apart. I paid a lot of attention to Bosnia and Argentina in mm-hmm. 2000 and 2001, a little bit of Russia in the early 90s with their currency mm-hmm. going away and then their empire falling apart. And and then I just started writing about these people that I knew, these real life, almost all of them are real life people. And I just started telling a story about how I think they would react to a situation and adapt and all of that. So it became a thing and I'm so blessed and amazed and still can't even believe um, how peop- how it's affected people. So uh, yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. And for people who don't know, uh, like you said, 299 days, it's a 10 book series. I'm sure they can buy it just about anywhere, right? Uh, yeah, Amazon would be the primary place, uh, and then the the audio books. We, we yes, I don't know who we is. I got the most amazing narrator of all time, Kevin Pierce, and the audio books are, I think, a, in large part because of Kevin. He gets a lot of the credit. They're really amazing, and it's a great way. Of course, audio books are a great way to 
I, I don't have time to read. I, I read like two, three pages either. and I fall asleep if it's after like 7 p.m., right? So right. I can't read books. Uh, I don't read books, actually. But the audiobooks are extremely well done, so kudos to Kevin. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so I know you want to talk about communication since we're on the yeah. prepping topic. And a lot of my listeners know that, that about the last year or so I've been – trying to do as much mixing of of guns and prepping on my shows as I can because they go together and I believe if you own a gun you're a prepper period I mean you know <laughs> there's a reason you own that gun because you want to be ready in case something bad happens but there's far more than just firearms when it comes to survivalism so talk about the the communications yeah and I need to start off by saying what you're about to hear is not technical, and that and the reason I say that is a lot of people. I mean, I think the vast majority of the prepping community, and this would I think apply to the gun community. And you're right, there's a huge overlap. A lot of people they hear communications and they hear ham radio, and they they kind of freeze up and they think, "Oh, geez, I couldn't do that. Hard. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I mean, I have to learn Morse code. I have to." be like an electrical engineer and i heard the test was really hard and they start like throwing up all these roadblocks and that's fair and and i was in that position now i'm not i don't even really like communications or ham radio i mean it's i i it's fun i mean it's fun in one sense and i'm proficient in it but it's not like i get up every morning and think about electrons right i mean it's just (laughs) it's not me right and so i had to teach myself communications because obviously as a as a prepper or just anybody in a without rule of law situation, you're going to be needing to speak to people, even tactically or even in your neighborhood. You know, hey, I heard a motorcycle gang is coming down the road. Okay, we'll get ready. Or even tactically, you know, you guys, you take this window, I'll take this door. I mean, you can see that there's a need for it. And so on my prepping team, the real live team from the books, and yes, they're all real. Um, <laughs> people they are. I've met, yeah, you met I've met Powell. one. I've met Powell, yeah. yeah. Powell, the... Six-foot uh, Korean gunfighter six foot, insurance. Yeah, the six-foot Korean gunfighter. Yeah, I met him twice. He's, twice. He's, he's real, yes. But, so... so Darn I, good shooter, too. Oh, my goodness. He is, he <laughs> is spectacular. All civilian, all self-taught. I mean, went yep. to some classes, but... Um, he's just, he's a natural talent for it. So I had to, oh, I got volunteered the, the team. It was like, okay, who's going to do comms? And it got really quiet. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, well, I mean, this needs to get done cause this is really important. I'm going to do it. Okay. How hard can it be? That's one of my biggest uh, character flaws, Bob, is I have this, how hard can it be? Um, approach, which doesn't mean things are easy for me. It just means I say, how hard can they be? I make the commitment and then I spend a lot of time trying to get it done. Like, That's good. How hard could it be to write 10 books, right? How hard could it be? <laughs> I've never written anything before. I didn't even read fiction, so how hard could it be? And then I just grind it out and, and get it done, if it's an important thing. Well, comms is important. So I took it upon myself to teach the team how to use little radios, little inexpensive radios, and all these things and i was going to teach it to him so and this this is kind of funny i'm in my early 50s and so i'm kind of kind of old i know some people out there are saying that's not old but (laughs) right yeah this was my first thought was well i'll get some three by five index cards and a sharpie and i'll just write out stuff and then you flip it over and the answer's there and that's how i'll train the team 
which wasn't a terrible idea. Um, and then I talked to a friend of mine who was like 29, and he said, why don't you do electronic flashcards? And I said, huh? there you go. <laughs> so I started with this crazy idea, and it was three years ago. And I said, I'm going to call it PAM Radio, which is Prepper Amateur Radio. And I'm going to do electronic flashcards. So there'll be a question, and then you flip it over, and there's an answer. And I said, I'm going to only do this on the practical stuff related to ham radio. It's There's going to be no equations because I hate equations. There's going to be no geeky stuff. It is not a test prep um, app for your FCC test. There are a million of those out there, and they're yeah. all really good. And and I don't care. I memorized a bunch of answers and passed my ham radio tests, the technician in the general class. And uh, if I never see another FCC test again, I'll be happy. And besides, <laughs> the stuff on the test is completely... Uh, imp- not completely. That's not fair. It is largely impractical. So go back to the, the the index cards. I needed to teach my guys how to use radios. Mm-hmm. And so I started working on this. I, I learned a bunch. I tell people I have a master's degree from the University of YouTube, right? You can yeah. learn a ton <laughs> of stuff from that. So I started learning all these things and writing these cards. And, and when I say writing, I mean like on a computer, on a Word document. And I started putting in links to things. Um, the questions I would always get, you know, as, as prepping 2.0 co-host and everything, it's like, what radio should I buy? Well, what antenna goes with this? Well, do these extra batteries, extended life batteries fit on this other radio? All these kinds of very practical things. Nobody ever asked me how electrons fly through the atmosphere. They always ask me which radio to buy, right? Right, yeah. Right. Different ends of the spectrum on practicality <laughs> yeah that's a that's a good point to make <laughs> so i started developing these cards and my idea i say cards they're they're electronic flashcards. um a couple people now have said like here's my address mail me the flashcards. are they laminated and i said no they're electronic so they're electronic but i uh, i thought well i'll just put them on apple on the itunes thing and a friend mm-hmm. of mine was a app developer and we worked on this bob for a year with Apple. A year ago, we were, quote, approved by Apple for an app mm-hmm. for these things you put on your phone. And they sort of haven't been getting back to me. And um, I think either they're really busy or um, it could be politics. Could be know. more to it than that. Yeah. So they're not approving it. And so a couple months ago, again, the prepper, the adapter, the Let's get it done a different way if we have to. I said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put them out as a as basically a PDF, which has all the links in it. And the links are the key to this because that's where the stuff is to actually order like the precise radio. It just goes to Amazon. So, you know, it's not like I have like a big, you know, warehouse of radios and I'm selling radios. I have a day job, right? Yeah. I'm a lawyer, for goodness sakes. I'm kind of <laughs> busy already. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're still a lawyer, right? Still a lawyer, still doing that. Good. So, um, so it's PAM Radio, and the website is PAM-Radio, PAM-Radio. And there's two ways to get these things. If you just want the free videos, because I did seven videos of me basically narrating them, not reading them boringly, but going over them and then giving a little color commentary, those okay. seven videos are there. And they're free at pam-radio.com. And then if you want the actual cards, which I think 
people should get that want to learn comms, it takes about 45 minutes to go through the cards, you know, the first time, and get the links, because then you can go, oh, this is obviously the radio I need to get. Glenn has tested this a million times, and his team has tested it, and stuff works. So I should hit this link and put it in my cart and get it. See, that's what I was looking for was the whole just like tell me ex- as, in as few words as possible exactly what I need to know to get comms checked off of my prepper to-do list. Okay, now I have a quick question for you. Yes. So explain to people who are listening to this that might not be big into prepping but want to get into it, why should they pay attention and learn comms communications what what's your opinion on that yeah that is that is a great question it is really the big question the answer is because you're not going to be in a in a crisis situation whatever it may be you're not going to be acting alone you're not going to be a lone wolf you're going to be interacting with people uh good guys right and this could be your team this could be your family this could be a neighborhood group your your mutual assistance group you may not have one right now you may be just a regular guy living in the suburbs and you've got some guns and you like guns. Well, guess what? When there's no rule of law, you instantly became a leader of that neighborhood and people are going to come to you or you're going to be part of a group of guys. That's exactly right. And they're going to say, what are we going to do? How are we going to defend this neighborhood? And you're going to say, I mean, the guns, I mean, that's just like one little part of it. That's like the final piece in the chronology of it. You got to, you got to find the bad guys. You got to track the bad guys. You got to bring in fire. You have to, you know, say, okay, you guys, um, status check. You know, you guys are taking the northeast corner. You're taking the cul-de-sac. Every five, ten minutes, status check to make sure, you know, everything's going. All those things, the police and military need radios for. Can you imagine, like, fielding an infantry unit or even? Uh, a SWAT team or, or a, a, you know, a police force, um, you know, 10 patrol officers, and they had no radios? Yeah. I mean, have you ever heard of that? No, that, there's that, no way. That would, no, I, <clears throat> who could imagine that, right? Yeah, and it just doesn't work that way. So if, if radios were extremely expensive and extremely complicated, I would be the first to say, well, that's not very practical, but they're really cheap. Um, Baofangs, which are made in China radios, there's there's millions of them. Um, they work pretty well. They're not the highest quality, but they're plenty good enough. You can get a 10-pack of these radios for 220 bucks. They're like 20 to 25 bucks a piece, and some are like 35 or 40 but you get the picture. You can get all these radios, all these accessories. You can get upgraded antennas and upgraded batteries, and you can program them so everybody on your crew is on the same channel so channel 12 is always going to be whatever frequency and you can talk on repeaters dozens of miles and all this other stuff all these amazing capabilities that are out there that you really need in one of these situations Mm -hmm. it's not just tactical um it would be just forget the guns for a moment which is kind of hard for me to do because i love guns but i mean think about you know just the neighborhood and keeping people informed um there's there's maybe no phones there's maybe no internet uh for a variety of reasons and somebody you know is out cutting wood and they have an axe and they cut themselves really badly and there's no 911 so you need radios not just for tactical stuff um and one of the things i look at you remember i was talking about 299 days and looking at bosnia in argentina Mm -hmm. 
I've studied those things primarily by listening to survivors of both of them. I haven't gone to the library and read books when I say I've studied them. I've listened to people that lived through it, I guess, more accurately. And both, peop- uh, both people in both situations said that little little radios were, were an absolute goldmine. They were invaluable. And they didn't have many of them because, well, there's a variety of reasons. And we, we're lucky in the U.S. And actually, people listening in other parts of the world, many parts of the world, you can get these these radios inexpensively. And I also talk about base stations for your home that are more powerful and and mm-hmm. scanners and all kinds of it isn't just the little handheld stuff, but I start off with that and then work into the the bigger systems. You know, if you have a neighborhood, hopefully one person in your neighborhood has a base station that's very powerful and can communicate dozens of miles and in some cases hundreds of miles. I mean I have a I have a ham radio and the first time I hooked it up I was listening to a guy in Missouri talk to a guy in Argentina. Oh, wow. So the reach cool. is incredible. So, and that's really good for getting news and everything. So those are reasons why preppers need radios. And the reason a lot of preppers have not ventured into this is, as I was saying, everybody thinks it's too complicated and expensive. And expensive. Yeah, that's what I was – that's the first thought I had. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, a Beofang handheld radio – that can do a whole bunch of things is about the price of a 20 round <laughs> magazine of 308. So, um, <laughs> not that expensive. Um, and so I go through and tell people the practical stuff. I give examples. I do, uh, examples of what I've learned the hard way. A lot of, especially when it comes to the buying the specific gear, a lot of this is gear that I bought that turned out to be wrong and either things weren't compatible or it just plain didn't work or it was really hard and and didn't make sense and wasn't easy to operate so and i'm very candid in there you know learn from my mistakes i mean why should you go buy stuff and end up throwing stuff away um it's like what you've always talked about which is like the drawer full of holsters that we all have right i mean don't have a drawer full of holsters. two drawers two drawers two drawers okay (laughs) and that's what Pam Radio is. That's how it came about. And again, I'm not a radio guy. I mean, I know plenty about it. I mean, I probably know more than I'm letting on to everybody right now. But I don't, I don't dwell on it. And it's not like I find this to be a really cool, interesting hobby. And I'm trying to get other people. It's not like bird watching, where I'm like, hey, everybody, be a bird watcher. And you're like, I don't want to watch birds. Um, well, this is more like the practical stuff, like knowing if a pterodactyl's coming and going to rip your face off. That's something you need to know. So, <laughs> well, and you know, I'm glad that you've kind of simplified this. Um, so, if somebody's just getting into this, they can enlist your help. Where? Well, Pam-Radio.com, P-A-M-Radio.com. There's also links on Prepping2-0.com. And the electronic flashcards download on your phone or if you have a desktop on there and you just read the cards and click on stuff. It's uh, $15.99. I spent three years developing this, um, so I don't feel terrible about that. And the reviews so far of people using it have been along the lines of, I thought this was going to be really complicated. Wow, this is way easier than I thought. Why haven't I done this earlier? And that kind of stuff. So I think it's going to be the thing that gets people in the prepping slash gun community sort of actually into the little bit of radios they need to know about and kind of gets that that box. I mean, you know, there's water and there's and there's you know food and there's guns and all these things. Comms is the one 
that nobody ever focuses on because it's too hard. That was me when I got volunteered by my team to do this. By the way, they think this is hilarious because I sent them a, a copy of the cards. They're like, wow, you were really going to do all this on index cards? I was like, well, a guy got carried away. And there are 147 flashcards right now. Oh, okay. And I'm on the website right now. They're, you're talking about the electronic flashcards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at your website. Yeah, 1599. Easy to understand flashcards on practical things you need to know about ham radio. Okay. Yeah. And none of the stuff you don't. I like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you know what? I mean, I've checked into ham radio, and there's just so much confusing, complicated stuff I see. Yeah. And I imagine you take all that complicated stuff pretty much out of it. Yeah, I do. And one of the things about ham radio, I was going to say it's true of guns, but I'm not sure it is. But one of the things is you got people that are... And people that are really into ham radio and are very technically proficient, it's not like I don't like them or I think they're goofballs or you know anything like that. They're fine people, but they are so into their very um, obscure, let's just say obscure technical hobby that they, they tend not to be welcoming. I don't mean they're mean or anything, but mm-hmm. someone will say, I'm interested in ham radio, and they'll say, oh, have you got the – you know?" Jubilatron 7000 with the scanner and the platinum and (laughs) that go that talks to Mars, right? Exactly, (laughs) and then you know, and and I don't think that that's really the welcoming thing. And so I'm sort of forcing the ham radio world. um, I'm uh, I'm breaking down doors, and and it was all technical, and now it's not anymore. And I think. Now, like uh, I'll say, I'll finish my sentence. That's probably a better idea. I I think this is going to save some lives, and I only say that because, much like the books, I think people got their preps together after reading that and saving lives and everything. I don't think that I am this like magnificent lifesaver. I don't walk around like with you know a lifeguard T-shirt on and like <laughs> sunscreen on my nose or something. I don't feel like I'm saving lives and listen to me. I think, and this is not a religious show, but I got to say, this, I think God has used me with 299 days and now with Pam Radio to explain things in everyday terms and kind of, you know, strip off all the the jargon and all the stuff and stand stuff they need to know. Yeah, well, and I'm glad you brought that up, Glenn. It's yeah, it's not a religious show, but people know I've always talked about my faith, and God does give us talents. I believe that, and He's given you some unique talents, and me, and and what I really like is He, you are taking your 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 God given talents, and you're using them, and you're making them useful, and you're bene- you, people are benefiting from it. So, congratulations. Yeah, thank you, and you are in the same boat. Um, I just saw a great thing on Facebook, and it said words to the effect of. Um, God provides for the birds, but he doesn't drop the worms in their nest, right? Yeah, exactly so right. It's a combination of there's supernatural stuff, but for example, you know, you've done 537 episodes now, which is a lot of work, and I did three years of, of development of these, and I did yeah. three years of writing books. And so when you put those two things together, you get a product that benefits people and makes their lives better and and it's a fantastic honor to be used this way um used by god and i love it i'm going to quit talking about god because i try not to be religious on (laughs) on you know shows because i don't want to i don't want people to tune out on something as important as knowing communications 
um, in a in a without rule of law situation just because they they don't want to hear about God. So. Well, yes, and people of all beliefs they're they're welcome on this show, and uh, and that's fine. I've always said that, um, and I, I just think that it's important that using the talents that you have regardless of where you think you got the talents from using them is it's 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 a big prepping skill too isn't it absolutely and it's it's exa- you know i never really i put two and two together until and by the way this happens all the time on prepping 2.0 we'll have a guest on uh-huh and shelby and i we sit across from each other right in this studio i'm in right now and so we kind of look at each other and guests will say things and we'll look at each other and go, oh my goodness, I never thought of that. But did anyway, you just have one of those moments I with did, what I, I said? I just have one of those moments. But yeah, <laughs> it is. Prepping is about taking God-given talents and doing the work, You know, having a plan, having the confidence to know that in a situation that seems bleak, um, that if you <laughs> – Sorry to talk. Okay, I said I wasn't going to talk about, about God, and here we go. If you're doing it's okay, and you put in the work, it's going to turn out okay. And I don't mean bleak things, but I mean when you're sitting there looking at, I call it the hill, the ham radio hill. You're you're a regular guy, and you're saying this this ham radio stuff. This is this steep hill. I can't climb this. And then you go, well, I'm going to put in some work. I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to drop everything and quit my job and and like only learn ham radio. You know. 40 hours a week. Yeah, no. And then you go Who and you could do that? Work, moderate amount of work, right? And then you conquer this and you go, well, that wasn't awful. And then you're able to teach other people about it and keep going. It's a great way to live. And, and it's not a great way to live to say, oh, that seems hard. I'm not going to spend more than 30 seconds trying to figure out how to accomplish this. I'm just going to throw up my hands and say, that's really hard and not even try. I mean, that's that's kind of unfulfilling. I don't think you have too many listeners that are in that camp because no, I gun, don't. Yeah, gun people uh, are not like that. They're not afraid of life. They they take it by the horns and they go and they solve problems. And when you think about it, concealed carry is about being able to potentially solve a really bad problem and putting some work in to make that happen and that's the kind of people we are it is the kind of people we are and you know i have to there's something i got to say about your radio or about your website pam-radio.com it it looks just by looking at it, it looks like you've really simplified the communications part of it and i like that i like the fact that because people like things that are simple don't they exactly there's no other way to do it because the the simplicity and the practicality of pam radio is the antidote to the problem the problem is ham radio is complicated ham radio is expensive i'm going to be talking to these electronic programming you know geeks or whatever and i don't understand it and they're going to make me feel dumb because i don't know what a capacitor is I, by the way i don't know what a capacitor is the fcc test and i memorized it i think the answer was c i mean that's how i remember <laughs> Oh, that's great. (laughs) But, um, and, and, yeah, and you just strip it down because, hey, one of the things, if it's without rule of law situation or any other prepping situation, we, as, you know, I know what you do for a living and you know what I do for a living and everybody out there does some sort of specialized thing. We're all going to have to learn new stuff. We're all going to have to become a jack of trades. I've learned. We are. Small engines, which I never really knew, which is a travesty. Given up that, given that I grew up in a logging town, I used to know everything about chainsaws, and I forgot it. I've I've learned about 
all kinds of stuff, and and you have, and the listeners have, and so you you can't say I'll just pick on uh, a profession. Uh, let's say you're a teacher. You can't say well. In a without rule of law situation, I'm going to be talking um, to bad guys about curriculum. No, you're not, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, you, you won't. Have to learn stuff, and you have to jump in. And here's the cool thing: there are tools out there. Uh, I'm talking primarily about YouTube, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's Pam Radio, but let's talk about obviously the much bigger one, which is YouTube. You can learn a ton of stuff. I learned about batteries, for example, because I'm the energy guy too on on my team. Generators and batteries, and and just enough to operate stuff and not you know electrocute myself or fry components and that kind of stuff. It's all out there, and it's it's a golden age. And I, I've I, we had a conversation many episodes ago when I was on about the golden age of guns, and that's mm-hmm. kind of hilarious. It was like. Guns have never been more available, and ammunition's never been more available, and they've never been cheaper, so go out and get a ton. Uh-oh, now what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't apply anymore. But um, it's the golden age of, of education and information and practical stuff with YouTube, and um, I like Rumble, which is the censorship-free version of YouTube, which is a cool thing. But you can go and learn stuff. I mean, you know. I'm a lawyer, and I, and I got this day job that keeps me pretty busy. And if I'm able to to learn about batteries, and I knew nothing about it, and wasn't really interested, and kind of had a bit of a bad attitude, both with you know elect, electrical things and with comms, I was kind of like, well, only geeks can possibly pull this off. I mean, I did law for a reason, and that's because I I'm no good at math, right? I'm terrible. <laughs> me too. I'm not any good. That's why I became a salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> When you're doing bids, it would be good to get the arithmetic right. I know, but computers do all that now, you know? Okay. <laughs> Program, CRM programs do that. <laughs> but this is, the, this is the time, everybody listening. This is the time you've been handed an amazing, amazing set of tools, and that is YouTube and other things. and Podcasts, podcasts, podcasts yeah. I was going to say, you know, when I think back to... August of 2009, when I started this show, there was maybe a dozen decent gun podcasts. Yeah, that was it. Maybe maybe 12 to 15 decent ones. I mean, those that were worth listening to, and, and I didn't think that mine was going to be worth listening to, but I thought I would take a stab at it anyway. Today, there's probably a thousand of them out there that are informational. Yeah. That are worth listening to. Yeah. And we should all take advantage of this because <clears throat> stuff falls apart and there's no uh, hot water heater guy. Yeah. And you have to do it yourself. Uh, maybe maybe inflation has made it so that money is you know worthless. Well, there's a million scenarios, and I won't dwell on the scenarios. You're going to have to do this stuff on your own or – and here's where the community fits into this. This is why – the community aspect is so important. Maybe you don't know how to do it, but you know somebody who does, and you can trade something. But you're going to have to solve all these problems, and you're not going to be able to, you know, uh, get on Yelp and find like, you know, or I don't know if Yelp does hot water heaters, but whatever. Thumb who knows? Or yeah. Angie's list or whatever. You're not going to have that stuff. You're going to have to solve problems. In some cases. They're life or death problems. In other cases, it's just comfort, like having hot water. That's kind of important. Yeah, it's not life or death, but it is comfort. It is comfort. And so you might as well start at least 
opening up your mind to the fact that you should know some skills. You can't know it all. You can't know how to do it all. And, you know, I'm not suggesting everybody drop what they're doing and watch nothing but YouTube and try to learn every single skill in the world. But learn the ones you're going to run into. Hot water heaters come to mind. Well, you know, let me say something about that, hot water heaters. I mean, three years ago, I learned how to drain my hot water heater. Um, my neighbor, who's a plumber, taught me how to do it. He taught me in 15 minutes how to do that. And, and pe- a lot of people don't even know what I'm talking about and don't know that once a year, you should drain all that gunk at the bottom of your water heater out and get it out of there. Um, because I had to replace my first one because I didn't do that. Um, and a lot of people, I bet there's people listening right now. I just, they just heard about that. Oh, I, I got to do what? I got to drain my water heater. Yes. It's, it's like, it's like changing the oil on your car. You got to do that. Yeah. It gets all gunky in there. And, uh, I've only seen them when they blow up and it's like this rust water. Uh, yep. right. Oh, you'd yeah. be amazed. You'd be surprised what comes out of the bottom of your water heater. <laughs> You would be surprised. Oh, have you ever done it? I have not. Um, I've only had them explode. Now we use tankless water heaters for yes. Reasons. Well, that's what's great about tankless water heaters. That's what's great. You don't have to it, do that. Yes, they they take up less space and and they use propane and we have a lot of wind storms and electricity goes out. Yeah. One of the things I think when it comes to learning stuff and not just stuff you are immediately interested in, right? is there's this sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. and it is invaluable and it's going to help you in all your other things that you do. First of all, you're just going to be happier, a, a more well-rounded person. And I don't come at this as like some like fix-it guy, jack-of-all-trades, super cool guy. <laughs> Me <zone>. neither. <laughs> I mean, I grew up, and you know the story, and it's in the 299 Days things. I grew up in the country and had all these skills. So did I. Them because I decided to be a lawyer and move to the suburbs and live a suburban life in this comfortable automatic life where everything was just kind of automatic and so i lost all these skills and i've had to go painfully out of my way and learn a bunch of stuff which involves by the way in the case of chainsaws um breaking a couple of them Mm -hmm. right because i was dumb and didn't know what i was doing and that's not pleasant but you start to get the sense of accomplishment and I don't think I'm Superman, but I'm not fearful of um, trying to fix things or knowing about things. And it just makes you more well-rounded and calm and confident. And that's great in everyday life. That's cool. But what's really important is when you really need to know this stuff or you need to know people who know this stuff, because you know your kid's life depends on it, for example, um, that is a great peace of mind feeling. And that is the benefit of learning, at least orienting yourself and kind of scratching the surface of some of these topics. You're just going to be better off. You are. And I'm glad you brought that up because my, my story is similar to yours. I grew up in the country. We had a, ho- a hobby farm. We raised about 50% of our own food. Uh, we had a garden. My mother had a garden almost a half an acre in size. Wow. Yeah. And I was and I was helping her maintain and harvest things out of that garden. Poor today, I, you know what? I've forgotten all that stuff, and I'm I'm somewhat ashamed of myself because, you know, um, I used to go out twice a day. I used to I used to milk our goat to get fresh milk, 
And I used to do that when I was a teenager. Get up before school, go get the milk, come home from school before I even started my homework, time to milk, milk a goat again. By hand, no machine. And, um, you know, all that stuff is now, all those skills are gone for me. Yeah, and it, it's way, a shame. Here's a, here's a great benefit from milking goats. I had to milk cows by hand when I was a kid. Yeah. Your hands get really, really strong. When they I do. When I was eight years old, <laughs> I could bend bottle caps with my hands. You Ooh. think I can do that now? No. Absolutely not. No, 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 you can't. soft, girly lawyer hands now, so, you know. Yeah, so. you know, same thing. You're right. Your hands get real strong, you know, and, and I was pulling bales of hay out that were 50 pounds and tossing them around like they were toothpicks, and today I would probably have to go see my chiropractor if I did the same <laughs> thing, you know. Um, it's, it's we, we do need to get back to some of that stuff. Yes, but you can't do it all. So just be you yourself and learn the stuff that is the most important, the most well, the most important, that's the best word, important and and grow out and grow from there. And as I've said, because it's really important, just start to get to know people who know how to do stuff and you're going to be way better off than the general population. That, uh-huh. That's one of the things we talk about a lot on prepping 2.0 is we say, "Hey, we don't want to stress people out and make them think, you know, if we do a show on, I'm making this up, but beekeeping, it's like, well, if you're not keeping bees and you're not producing 10 gallons of honey a week, you're a failure and you're not self-reliant. No, no, no. Like, take the pressure off yourself, everybody. Just be familiar with this stuff. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to do it all, but you need to probably do more than you're doing. <laughs> well, and you just said something very important, and I want to close the show with this, so we got about five minutes. You said you have to know people, and you have mentioned on this episode probably half a dozen times the team. I know what the team is. Um, you and I a few years ago did a did an episode, a special episode for everybody who are Shooters Club members on how to build a prepping team. So for those of you who hint, hint, if you're a Shooters Club member... You can listen to the interview I did with Glenn, and if you're not a Shooters Club member, you can fix that very quickly. Um, what is the team? Talk about the team. The team. Well, the team are, are real guys, and uh, it was about 10 years ago, and I met them, and we're, we're still the team, uh, still together, still doing stuff. Um, candidly, I think that's going to be interrupted pretty significantly when uh we leave the state when you move yeah we're still here so that's a problem and that's been difficult but the team um our guys let's see there's there's pow you've met pow Uh um he sells insurance and is this amazing gunfighter guy and just an amazing uh, personality and firearms instructor yes he is um there's scotty who was uh, a a uh, hospital tech at the time uh, he's now he's now doing something else, which is pretty cool. I don't know if he wants me to describe what he's doing. Okay. Um, let's see. There's there's Bobby, um, who is inventory guy, and uh, I I got a the problem is is I don't want to describe what they currently do because I haven't asked him. But they're all real guys, and we do stuff together. In all honesty, over the years, there's less and less stuff that we do because yeah, um, I now live far away from olympia i live in very rural very remote western washington so it's quite a haul um you know wives kids girlfriends um all these things come up you know because they were in their their mid-20s when we all met and i was in my like 
early 40s. I'm I'm the old guy, which is kind of hilarious. I remember reading that in the in your books that you were you were the old guy. But it, with just a couple of minutes left, it, tell people why it's important to have a prepping team. Why why do you have a team? Oh, a variety of reasons. Um, the easiest one is that there are 24 hours in a day. And if you think you're going to be out patrolling, because there's going to be tons of bad guys, we all know that, uh, you think you're going to stay up 24 hours a day indefinitely, uh, that's not going to work. No. And so you need people, and you know, to to split up the tasks. We did an episode of Prepping 2.0 on all the jobs, all the roles at a at a bug out location or at a at a camp, and there were 15 that we came up with. That doesn't mean you need 15 people, but you need people doing a lot of stuff. Who can so do 15 need, different things? Yeah. Yeah, you need a lot of people, number one. But here's what you really need. You need a lot of trusted people. These are people uh, yes. that that you're going to rely on. You know, you're going to trust your family's uh, safety to. These are people that if you have to, God forbid, get in a gunfight, these need to be people who you want to be with in a gunfight. Um, these have to be people that have moral character. The last thing you want is to have a mutual assistance group and somebody in there decides that now that there's no cops around i can go kill people that i've always wanted to kill that's a problem you need to not have that problem. that's unacceptable yeah you need to vet and and there's no substitute for quality or pardon me quantity time you have to spend time i mean one of these guys with somebody needs a ride to the airport boom it's done we barbecue together. Our families know each other and get along really well. So it, it has to be a very cohesive group. That's the inner circle, and, and the team is six guys right now. Um, by the way, there are team guys who are not in the book um, who have since joined, and, but mm-hmm. I don't talk about them. But that's your core group. And in my situation, in the 299 Days books and in real life, the team has a very tactical focus to it. We have – couple former special operations guys we have some law enforcement guys we have a medic we have all kinds of sort of tactically focused stuff and that's important for a variety of reasons but you need that outer circle the we call them the auxiliary and you need people who have a variety of skills um mechanics um and and they all have to be trusted and vetted doctors and nurses are another good one exactly oh huge now the farther out you get from the circle Mm -hmm. the less likely it is that you're going to be able to spend 10 years hanging out, right? I mean, that's kind of unusual. Yeah, true. And so you're going to get to, you're you're not going to know them as well, but you need to to know them. And I'll say it again, moral character is absolutely paramount in all of this stuff. So that's what a team is. And it goes out, as I say, concentric circles. It's not just a skills thing. If I could have a choice between uh, a Green Beret and an accountant who I know is a good, solid, moral person and has my back, I'm going to go with the accountant every time. So it is not a resume contest. And, and some preppers fall into that when they're doing prepper groups. One a resource out there I should mention, and they're just friends of mine. I, they're not like I don't make any money on this or anything. A lot of people ask, well, how do I find a prepper group in my area? And there's – um, I call it the match.com for preppers finding other preppers, not romantically, but preppers. It's mm-hmm. called preppernet.com, preppernet.com. And you type in your zip code, and it says there are eight people in your zip code who are prepper net members, and then you can send anonymous emails and decide if you want to meet them, that nobody knows who you are, blah, blah, blah. But um, 
that's just the start of it though because then it's the vetting it's the barbecues it's the going to the airport yeah it's a character contest exactly and it's a long process um if you're starting from scratch you may not have a ton of time but do what you can with what you have and people are way more important than equipment i mean not i'm not even close you know and my one of my special operations friends and when i say that i've never been in the military i'm not trying to imply that i was in special operations because i hate people that do that stuff but one of my special operations friends said there's a a saying that kind of sums up all this and it it is first you need a mindset second you need skill set and third you need a tool set mindset <laughs> comes first skill set second and stuff comes third and i think that's very very wise and that's how you should approach you know a team a mutual assistance group whatever you want to call i got to write that down okay i yeah. got to write that it's down with my with my tactical pen here yeah. um, <laughs> mindset skill set Skill set. Tool set. And tool set. Got it. Uh, that's awesome. I like that. Uh, that's guns awesome. And tool set. And if you just limit it to, like, guns, there's more to it than this, gentlemen and ladies. Yeah, there is. That is a great <clears throat> a great way to end with mindset, skill set, and tool set. Um, Glenn Tate, thank you so much, folks. Uh, you've been listening to Glenn Tate, and he's just a he's a fabulous person, a wealth of knowledge, uh, somebody I just absolutely so much enjoy having on this show. And we got to do this again. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have you on the show again too on Prepping Two Point Yeah, uh, I know there's more you want to say about Pam Radio, and um, you know, nah, just go to the website; it's all there. Yeah, and, and there's some, I'm sure there's some more gun stuff we can talk about too. Um, I'm just I want to I want to kind of close this by saying I'm so glad you got into revolvers. I'm so glad and lever action rifles and 22s and stuff like that. Uh, those, are, in my opinion, those are forgotten weapons, sort of, and uh, they shouldn't be. Exactly. You know, especially the lever action rifles. For some reason, I just think they're they're just so cool. They're just so cool, and uh, you know, it, maybe it brings out the inner cowboy in me or something like that. Nothing wrong with a lever gun. Nothing wrong with it. Glenn Tate, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Have a good one. All right, thank you. Well, was that good stuff or what? Glenn Tate, thank you very much. Please make sure you check out his podcast, Prepping 2.0. Uh, and you can find that at prepping2-0.com. And anywhere you can get podcasts, you can also find Prepping 2.0. Glenn and Shelby do such a great show. It's, uh, it's, it's really amazing. I learn a lot. And I hope you learned a lot from this. And uh, check, out some, uh, check out his Pam Radio website. Uh, I will be very shortly, and I plan to, to learn a lot. And also uh, from his podcast, Prepping2-0.com. And if you've never read the book series, 299 Days, oh, you're missing out on some stuff. Go to Amazon, buy an audio copy or a, a hard copy, whatever you want. Start reading 299 Days, Glenn's book series. And if you search Glenn Tate on my website, Handgun World, you'll find all the interviews I've done with Glenn, many of them. And as I mentioned, those of you who are Shooters Club members, there are, I believe, two 
interviews with Glenn Tate on the Shooters Club, and one of them is on how to build a prepper team. Uh, you hear him talk so much about the team. So if you're a Shooters Club member, check that out. If you're not a Shooters Club member, you can be for only $8 a month or $75 a year. Just go to ShootersClubMembers.com. That's a joint effort that Ben Branham and I do together. Ben Branham from the Modern Self-Protection Podcast. So check that out. A link, a direct link is in the show notes for that too. And the guns that we talked about. I got links for the guns that we talked about in this episode. So just a quick personal announcement. Um, Some annual tests have revealed that possibly my lymphoma has returned. Hopefully not real serious. It seems rather mild. Uh, I'm waiting um, on Tuesday, February 2nd. I will learn the results and what kind of treatment I may need if anyway, or if I need any. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to fight this hard. I'm going to fight it as hard or harder than I, than I fought my first battle six years ago. Uh, I know the good Lord is on my side, and thank you, all of you who have been praying for me. Uh, I appreciate your prayers. Thanks so much. Um, you guys know that you know my faith. And uh, you know that I'm a Christian and Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I know that he will give me the strength to bring me through this. It is scary. It is scary because after the procedure that I had, the stem cell transplant five and a half years ago, this was not supposed to come back. Um, But it looks like it probably has. Again, thankfully, and and maybe I shouldn't be saying this in advance because I really don't know, but they're telling me it looks to be mild. Uh, So I would appreciate that because I believe I still have a good purpose left and I have and I have not finished my purpose uh, yet. And continuing to share these good ideas with you is part of that purpose that that I believe. And, you know, you heard you heard Glenn and I talk about using your talents. And this is one of the ways that I use my talents and I want to keep doing it. So prayers appreciated. Um, Thank you very much. With all that said, let me go ahead and sign off. I'm Bob Main. You've been listening to another episode of the Handgun World podcast. And you also listen to Glenn Tate, author of the book series 299 Days, host of the podcast Prepping2-0.com and Pam Radio. Uh, you can find all of those in the show notes. That's all for this episode, folks. Remember, evil does not exist in the holster. It exists in the hearts of men and women. So, shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. I'm a desperate man Send lawyers, guns, and money this shit has hit the fan Oh, send lawyers, guns and money